You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Sydney Lick. Sydney, thanks so much for talking with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Sydney, we're talking about your show, um, at Catherine Markell, running through October 22nd of this year. The name of the show is At the Edge of Things, and and I wanted to start with that, just talking about the the title of the show because we're we're looking at 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 images that are that are figurative that don't have figures in them, but they're narrative. There's there's still lives. There's different things happening. Um, why at the edge of things? Yeah, that's a great question, and thanks for asking it. Um, so, you know. As you as you've said, I'm I'm a still life painter. I've been painting objects uh, from my daily world uh, for quite a while now, and over the years, and especially now, I find that I am trying to distill down the objects from my world into the essential and yet the precise at the same time so that I can explore the edge between abstraction and figuration. Um, and so that's why the title is, is as it is. As it is. Um, and I'm often interested in, by distilling things down like that, how the shapes are talking to each other, how they interact, or how the negative shapes around something will impact what is being pictured on the picture plane um, and uh, it it's it's both uh, thrilling and challenging at the same time to try to distill something into its uh, very basic uh, shape of color and form let's talk about that a little more the, 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 the work on the show is so interesting and that idea is so interesting there's one in particular I mean we could go through several but it's called uh, still life with end table and, and, yeah. and of course, it's different than than regular still life. We're not looking at like a bowl of fruit or, or you know, all these kind of traditional things that are in still life. I mean, most are traditional that you're working with. But this one, the space is really interesting. The edges are really interesting because we're looking at an end table, kind of endwise even, and we're not sure if there's anything on top of it. And all around it, it's sort of, you know, there are all these abstract shapes, but it also looks like. Um, like wallpaper peeled off a wall or a decaying home. It's, it's, it's a really interesting one to me because that, that background, that color seems to be um, so many, it could be so many things. You know, it's hard to understand exactly what's happening there, but I love the range of colors. And, and, and just to continue what you're saying, you know, the relationship between even like the plug on the wall and this white stripe and all these colors and what's not on the top of the table seems seems really interesting, seems to kind of be perhaps about the edge of the way you're talking about it or, or about asking a lot of questions about that. And that is exactly what happened in the process of making the painting. I remember uh, just uh, glancing up uh, at, you know, something, and I caught from the corner of my eye this angle of the end table that I use in my studio to put you know, my palette on and to paint, you know, to put my paints on. And all of a sudden, instead of seeing it as an end table, which, you know, once you name something, it, it, it's, 
you know, hard to disassociate all of the meanings we have in our head about that object. But once I did, and I saw it as just a shape of color, it was such a challenge and such a sort of a new way for me to think about uh, how to make a painting uh, about still life that I had to try to, you know, get it on a two-dimensional surface. And the fact that you mentioned, you know, there's nothing on the top of that table is, in fact, what took me so long to resolve the painting because at one point there were things on the top of that table and I realized that it, it took away from everything else that was going on in the painting as you described. You know, the atmosphere, the that plug on the bottom, which was such a surprise to me even to paint. Um, and often that's the goal of, of why I paint, is to find out something new and to try to, you know, figure out how to, how to, how to incorporate the things from my world, but in a new and different way for me and for the viewer. I like that so much, and that's that's nice to hear that personal story of that. And and so these the other paintings in there approach this from a number of different angles, right? To to look at one that's very different, still life with open box. This one, unlike the table, has a very different sense of of space in it. We can still figure it all out, you know, especially with that title. But otherwise, it's a um, the the colors here are, are much more graphic. It's much more. Um, like the space has been flattened somehow, perhaps that's the table or the floor. That seems very different, the way the chair and everything is, is moving off the edges, right? Things aren't centered here. Either. Right, right, right. Is that is that one with the orange background? Because I have a lot of open boxes in my painting. The, 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 that, that's, that's the open box with a light green background and an orange sticker on the box and a brown chair on the right. Oh, yeah. kind of aqua okay. teal yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. That, yes, that also was um, something that uh, was really from my daily life. I glanced up. I had just gotten a delivery of art supplies, and it, I put it on the table. And uh, the angles of that box, you know, the way they were, you know, caught the light, um, and the sticker, the packing sticker, was kind of, you know, I, I all of a sudden saw the box or the ubiquitous box in a different way as uh, just planes of color. Um, and also the way that it magically kind of lined up with the chair that's next to it. It flattened the space, but then the space is coming through, through the, the uh, back of the chair. And so this dialogue between two-dimensional and three-dimensional space uh, was something I I really was trying to capture um, through color in that painting. I like that. I, I, I really like this this show and, and, and the way you're approaching these these kind of everyday objects. And, and there's some writing about this show that was in the press release, although it sounded kind of personal, your writing that, that in part was about uh, confronting some of these objects during the pandemic, right? Some of these were, were, were made after the pandemic or during it, but it's, it was also somehow, as, as I remember, about our changing relationship to things like 
food and still life and, and just that, that, that genre, but also the objects within that genre. Um, yeah, could you explain that a little bit? Because that was specifically kind of pandemic-oriented, right? Yes, yes. Um, so just getting back to the box, you know, the art supplies, uh, during the pandemic, almost everything came in a box. Everything, you know, was delivered. Right. Um, and I remember walking down my street during the pandemic, and I could barely get down the street at some at some points because the streets were filled with boxes that workers were sorting to be delivered. Um, and so our whole world has become something that gets delivered to us, um, including, uh, you know, our food and our meals. Um, and this is, you know... During the pandemic, it just sort of accelerated the process that has been happening over the last, you know, century of we, you know, we don't have meals with china and, you know, metal cutlery anymore. We have meals that are delivered in disposable containers that we throw away. Um, So um, these were all things I was thinking about, and it made me think, you know, has the has the shelf life of the still life, as we've known it, reached its expiration date? And how do we think about, you know, the, the way we live now and express it, um, but while still, you know, relating it to the history of, of the still life genre? Well, and what do you think? Has it, has it, I mean, has it lost its shelf life? I mean, in, in a way, of course, it hasn't because you're, you're working with that. But, right, that's such an interesting question because... Still life isn't a subject that's um, that that you see historically, you know, worked on now, right? This is we have a different relationship right. to to, right. to to food in, in our surroundings. So, um, so, so, what do you think of that? I mean, you are kind of reviving that, right? If anything, bringing it because um, existing still life work. Yeah, I guess it's seen in a different context now. That's what you're saying. All still life work from the past is seen in a different context now because we're in such a different relationship to to what we bring into our home. Absolutely. Um, and also the way we live live our lives. I mean, the way we've constructed our, our current culture is we're either on the computer or we're working you know, nonstop, we don't stop for meals. We, you know, we stop in order to order them online. But we don't, you know, take the time to dine communally. You know, if you think about, uh, you know, in, in the 19th and 20th centuries, you know, dining was an event, you know, and, you know, there was staff to set the tables and order the flowers and, and that kind of thing. Well, during the pandemic, you know, the idea of a communal, you know, dining experience would be like on Zoom, over Zoom on the computer, uh, if that. So, right. um, so you know, I guess I'm just trying to talk about the way we currently live and if it ends up being, you know, something having to do with still life because that's what I'm comfortable talking about or using, then... Um, then, uh, but I hope that my work and the paintings uh, relate to, you know, other things besides still life. You know, they relate to abstraction. Um, they relate to color. They relate to, you know, 
objects that we often overlook. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to call it still life, great. If you want to call it an abstraction, um, that's great too um, in, my, in, my, in my mind. Yeah, I like that. I mean, to, to, to pick up just on that, there's one um, painting, oil and panel, called Shelf Life Number 2. And this is with a, a, a stack of books. On the left, there's, it looks like they're on a kind of maroon table and um, books on top of a box. And then on the wall, it looks like there was something painted there and then something removed, or, or the marks of something that was once there. And that's really interesting, I mean, because we're, you know, beyond some of the content issues and timely issues and, and genre issues that we've been talking about, there's also this kind of um, abstraction that's almost like erasure, right? What's, what's yeah. on the wall in shelf life, too, is not unlike what was on top of the table in still life within table, right? Something, yes. something was removed, but it's not quite clear. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to talk about that because that's not typically in – historically in still lives and it's and it's also about absence yeah erasure or subtraction something like that right and also about time you know that that these paintings happen over a period of time and it's a thought process that you know um, gets resolved during the process um, there's so much to that question Brainerd um, uh, I think I've always been in love with paint and so uh, just putting paint and color on the surface um, is thrilling to me. Um, but sometimes, you know, you have an idea when you start out and it doesn't quite end up the way you thought it would. And that's part of the process of making a painting, for me at least, is to, you know, figure out what the painting is trying to tell me. At a certain point, you know, I have intentions, but I'm also open and open to um, where a painting might take me uh, down the line. Um, and so that's exactly what happened in that in that painting. Uh, I I also wanted to point out that in that painting, Shelf Life, uh, that it isn't exactly a tabletop anymore. It's a shelf. Um, and I'm also starting to think about, you know, can you make a still life painting without picturing a table in it? Um, and our shelves have become, instead of holding books, they hold sometimes clutter or objects or, you know, um, decorative objects. So again, that's a, that painting and the other shelf life painting in the show um, is it combines a lot of my current interests about um, paint and still life and where where it can all go. It's so interesting, yeah. This you know, right? The idea of you know, the, the the process itself of the painting being shown because that's yeah, that's so interesting in in abstraction. What the sometimes the underpaintings are, what the decisions that have been made that we're not quite privy to as the viewer. Um, seems so mysterious to me. I've always, I've always loved that also about, about paint, about painting, you know, and, and, even, and even now, historically, you know, we, we hear conservators talking about the paintings underneath the paintings that have been found with x-rays that are really Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's so kind of amazing. Yeah, me too. And, 
And so, you know, that that seems to play a part of it. In, in just terms of color, there's there's one other that I really loved called a, a smaller piece, 10 by 10 inches, called um, Still Life with Fat Quarters and Brown Vase. Mm, and that also yeah. has, a, has, a, has, a, has a background that... Um, it's a little bit about like what we're talking about, but but not quite. It doesn't feel like something's been removed. But there's a, it's it's just a completely abstract space, right? As opposed to even like a monochromatic background in a, in a mm-hmm. still life. That seems more like something, you know, we can envision or realize something's being accented. But but this one, you know, different than the the, the table and different than the other other ones we're talking about it yeah it seems to be like another painting in the background almost like it's in, almost like this this uh this still life is in front of another of another painting mhm mm, i like that i like that um i hadn't thought of that before but um i like that description a lot of you know again um i never know what's going to happen <laughs> when i start a painting i have some interest in or a question that I want to answer maybe and in that particular painting I I remember that it, it took me a really really long time to um, solve solve it um, and it, it required the buildup of a lot of paint on the background um, and I finally I don't know if it was that I took something away or that I added that brown vase, but something that I did at the last minute solved the painting. And that is always thrilling and wonderful to, you know, find a solution you haven't found before or come up with a new way of doing things. And that's what keeps me coming back to painting. You know, I'm always trying to figure out something I haven't seen before, something I haven't done before, or, or answering a question that I've had um, in the process of another painting and that you know, stimulates a new, a new work for me. That's so interesting, yeah. Um, I, um, I'm fascinated by the show and, and also by the, by the size of these works, right? These are largely small works in an age where we're also looking at a lot of larger works of all kinds, photographs, paintings, these are almost all under 30 by 30 inches, right? Some of them we've been talking yes. about are 10 by 10 inches. Yeah, um, yeah. So just lastly, to talk about scale a little bit, right? That's, that's part of what's happening here. And, and, and mm. maybe not always traditional in still lifes, but, but that's something you're working with, it seems, that these are all, um, yeah, under, under 30 by 30. They're, they're a kind of very manageable, small size. Does, does that relate specifically to the to the kind of ideas that we've been talking about exploring here? Uh, in a way, I guess. I, um, I love what paint can do, and I love the surface that, you know, paint affords me. Uh, when I'm painting larger than 30 by 30, it's really difficult for me to have that kind of relationship with the painting surface that I can when something is on a more intimate scale. Um, I also think of myself as someone who relates better to people and things on a one-to-one and smaller, you know, scale kind of basis where I can, you know, really concentrate and focus on what's in front of me. 
as opposed to um, you know trying to tackle lots of different things at once. So I think it's a combination of of relating to you know still life, you know what's been done in the past, but also it relates to the kind of you know the way I work and the kind of painter that I am, um, and also working from observation on still life. I have found that to increase the scale of objects kind of takes something away from the intimacy that I feel when I'm really looking at something closely and concentrating on its shape and form and value. Um, when, it, when it gets larger than life, it becomes something else. Uh, it becomes a different thing. And uh, maybe I'll go there someday. but. I'm still interested in where I am right now. Thanks, Sydney. I, I like that. I, I want to ask you one more question before we go, which is, what are you reading at the moment? Ah, well, I, I am a nonfiction kind of person, and I also love reading about people. So I just finished a book uh, called... Um, Freezing Order by a man named Bill Browder. And it's uh, about the ways in which Vladimir Putin hides his vast wealth and what the international community is doing to uncover and advocate for sanctions on these people that are aiding him. So I just finished that, and I'm about to start a biography of Leonardo da Vinci that was uh, written in 2017 by Walter Isaacson. So I'm looking forward to reading that. Sydney, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. I, I wish you well with your, your show. Congratulations, and thanks for your time today. It's been my pleasure, Brainerd. Thank you for asking such wonderful questions. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.